welcome to another edition of Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're listening. If you are new to Talking Money, just a quick reminder, this is not a sales program. So we are not here with some hidden agenda to sell you some insurance, some annuities or something like that and not tell you about it. And uh, just try to get you to call in the office so that we can then try to get you in the door and sell you something. That's not us. We're here to educate and here to try to make sure that you have a better, a, a more satisfying financial life that meets your goals, your objectives, uh, and still keep it within the framework of your own risk profile. So we talk about a lot of different subjects. And last week we talked about giving, how to give money to friends and family. Should you? How do you do it? How do you do it without hurting them? An excellent program. Uh, Dan Grover, a CPA, Certified Financial Planner, PFS, uh, Certified Wealth Strategist, is, and a CKA, Certified Kingdom Advisor, uh, was my guest last week. He's also my guest uh, today. We're going to be talking, uh, kind of continuing that subject, talking about raising money smart kids. So let's bring Dan on the program there, Paul, and see if we can get him. We had little issues with some phone last week. We'll see if we got a clear Clear signal today. Good morning, Dan, and welcome to Talking Money. Hey, good morning, Mike. Yeah, Thanks you for s- having me on. Yeah, you sound like you're loud and clear today. So that 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 we like that in radio. <laughs> we like fantastic. Uh, yeah, we don't like uh, interference when when you can't see what's going on. You can only hear it. It, it makes a difference. So, Dan, we had a follow up question from last week that uh, I didn't mention that we have, but I know you can answer it. Um, so it was a uh, since we were talking about giving last week. So we had a question emailed from Bill. He says uh, he asked if there was any age limit. He says, heard on your show today that the max gift to children is $15,000 per giver per year. Is there a max age for children? So what do you think, Dan? So the question was the maximum uh, age. Is there an age? No age issue. Um, if you give money to somebody under 18, you know, you're probably going to have to, if they're going to hold in an account, you know, might have to be a special type of account, like a uniform gift to minors account or something like that. Yeah, custodial account, some, something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, yep. That's, yep. that's right. And, and and I also explained to him that not only, uh, and, and I think this is a misnomer, people don't understand this a lot, not that the, a lot of people will do this, but the $15,000 gift is not limited to family members. It's not just children. You can give it to anybody you want. So they give some to us and give some to, you know, if they really are concerned about their the state being too high, you know, they can go, they can be uh, Santa Claus all year long, be that uh, that secret Santa and give $15,000 to as many people as they want to, and there's no limit to that. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 So um, you have an unlimited amount. You can also pay expenses beyond that for education. Um, if you pay it directly to the institution, and you can also pay medical bills um, directly for right, uh, right. when to go over the fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's good information. I knew uh, we've covered that before in previous uh, shows, but it's been a little while, so I thought it was good. Since especially Bill asked that question, some other people might have had that same question, so we need to make sure that we covered that. And then we have breaking news this week. I mean, really breaking news from the IRS, and this is not part of the subject for today. But wanted to pass along. It's not going to not going to apply to a great percentage of listeners, so we don't want to take a lot of time to discuss it. Only to make you aware that it's there, and we can always give you more information later if you want to. But the IRS announced some rollover relief for required minimum distributions. There was already some 
some relief that was given initially, but then they clarified some things because there were some people who had already taken out their distributions before the IRS announced that there was not going to be required minimum distribution for 2020. And a lot of people don't remember that. There's not going to be an RMD for 2020. But then if you took it out in January, you were past the 60 days, you, you took it out, Johnny on the spot, as they say, and you took it out in January, you weren't able to put it back in. But now we understand they're they're waiving that 60-day rollover rule and giving you to August 31st. So we've got a couple of months here to get that money back and it not uh, affect your, your taxes for this year. So you can put it back in. It won't be part of the, the 12-month rollover rule. It won't it won't affect that at all. And also, uh, from what I understand, Dan, it also is going to be for inherited IRAs. So if you – and a lot of times the these rules that for required minimum distributions apply to people who are retired and they're over 70 and a half or they're over 72 now, but they – they uh, it doesn't apply to those who have inherited IRAs. But my understanding is it does apply to those who have inherited IRAs. So if you have an inherited IRA, you're required to take a distribution – each year, this year, you don't have to do that. Is that your understanding as well, Dan? Yeah, that's exactly right. So if you, um, you know, you're not 72, but you've inherited an IRA, and so you're having to take out each year the required amount, uh, you, you you also qualify for being able to put that money back in the IRA and not have to take it out this year if you do that before the end of August. Exactly. Yeah, I actually had a client that uh, sent uh, me an email like <laughs> almost as soon as it came out before we even have had a chance to see it. And, of course, our financial planning team in, at National has sent us uh, some information about it. We we know about it now. And as we get more information about it and, and learn, I, I printed out the, I don't know, 14-page document that they have that you can get. But you can always go to the, Internet, the Internal Revenue Service and, and look up that notice 2020-51, they have a PDF that you can print out. If, it, if you happen to fall into that particular category where you have a required minimum distribution, but you already took it this year and you're wondering about it, but your custodian should also be able to help you with that. And I think the understand they're going to be required to tell you that they're they're not required, that you're not required to take an RMD. Uh, did you read that too, Dan? I think I saw that somewhere. I think so too. And yeah. um, you can go to the IRS.gov is the website he's, he's mentioning there, yeah. Yeah, and look up that notice, 2020-51, and that should get to the information you need. Okay, so now we're going back to raising money smart kids. So like last week, and if you missed last week and you missed the topic that we talked about really helping friends and family financially and how to make sure you do it right and make sure you don't do it for the – for the wrong at the wrong time for the wrong reasons, we did offer a a, a PDF version, so a research piece that an opinion piece, I guess, research piece that we have uh, available called financial assistance to others. We had uh, a number of people who requested that this week. If you didn't get a chance to either either listen or request your copy, you can go to Mike. Send an email to Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. And we will provide you with this financial assistance to others piece. It's it's very helpful. And I think if you're in that situation or you have um, kids that may be in that situation, maybe the kids are the ones that, that need the money. Uh, they may be they may benefit from reading this as well. Uh, and this week we're going to offer you a second piece called raising money smart kids. So if you want either one of those pieces, or if you want both, you can just say both uh in your subject line and I'll I'll get what that is uh but raising smart money kids just send that request to mike 
at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And I'll give you that address a couple times during the program today so that you won't um, have to forget it or remind you to write it down or something so you can request that piece. All right, so Dan, we're talking about how to raise money smart kids. And I think um, we need to, to set it up a little bit by saying, you know, money money is great and you need to teach the children by example and by just actual discussions with them uh, how to to do th- that correctly. Uh, but there's also that part about not just leaving material possessions uh and and i'll i'll read this quote it's at the first it's at the first page matter of fact i use this quote in some of the spots that i run during the show but tim kimmel wrote you can't leave character in a trust account you can't cannot write your values into the will you cannot bank traits like courage honesty and compassion in a safe deposit box what we need is a plan a long-term strategy to convey our convictions and good money management skills to the next generation that's the legacy of love, a plan for parenting on purpose, page 292, apparently, from Tim Kimmel. So I think that's you set the stage. Yes, this is important, but maybe not as important or just as important as, as transferring skills, character, values, and that kind of thing. So that as our, as our stage uh, and the phone number, 877-235-9405. If you've got a question for me and for Dan about this subject or maybe even some other subject on Financial planning would be glad to take that call, 877-235-9405, as also is often the case. People want to text that, so you can text that same number, 877-235-9405. All right, Dan, so let's talk about it. What's what's one of the best ways to start uh, teaching your kids uh, how the smart way to uh, to handle money? Yeah, you've already referred to it, Mike. Uh, you know, before we even talk about what to teach and all the different tips, um, the main thing right out of the gate is just live by example. You know, you got to live the example. Um, money uh, is really one of those areas where more is caught than taught. And so, you know, we have to think, our, do our children see us arguing about money? Are we making impulse purchases online? Or, or, or do they see us uh, spending less than we earn and not stressing about debt? You know, so we really have to, uh, before we get into some tips on how to raise money smart kids, we really need to look in the mirror and right, see exactly right. what we're modeling. Yep, that's true. And and, and uh, we'll get have a chance to unpack all this as we come back from our break. So it's time for our first break. We'll be back in just a few minutes to talk more about how to raise money smart kids. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit, which is usually the common perspective, or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, Director of Family Matters, said it well, quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation, unquote. 
Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ron Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. My special guest today, Dan Grover, uh, one of the senior private wealth advisors in the Charlotte office of Ronald Blue Trust and one of my cohorts. And so we're glad to have Dan join me on the program last week and today. So just as a reminder, if you want to get the information we relayed to you about, uh, we're going to relay to you today about raising smart money kids, or if you want the, the one we talked about last week about financial assistance to others, just send a request to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. That's the email to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and we'll get that right to you with no cost, no obligation. We're not going to keep calling you and say, hey, why don't you come in because we've got something great we want to sell you because we don't sell anything at Ronald Blue Trust. We're just here to, to give you the right kind of information. So 877-235-9405, if you want to text me a question or if you want to talk about maybe how you raised your smart money kids, Maybe they got to be smart kids, and they also knew how to raise to, to uh, handle their money correctly, because that could be two different things. I know a lot of smart people that don't know how to handle money, so we want to make sure that they can do both. So Dan Grover's with me. We talked a little bit about Dan right before the the break about being an example, because uh, it's the money lessons are are really caught more than taught, and that's something that they can see. They see how you react. I think uh, an example from my own personal situation when 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 my kids were younger and we were just starting the the company and the plan first, and we didn't have any money. So there wasn't a question of should you or should you not give an allowance or where does the the money come from. The kids could see that we were uh, always trying to make that decision as to what's the best way to use our money. Do we do this or or do we do that? And, and, And I think so many times they're watching you. And you don't even realize that they're picking those up, right? I mean, that's that's the way they learn a lot of things from us. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You can talk all you want, but um, you really got to walk the walk for them. So yeah. they're watching you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's sometimes hard for a child, no matter how wealthy the parents are, or really not wealthy at all, to really sense and get that. Um, respect for what what money really means you know we've always heard that whole the the saying you tell your kids money doesn't grow on trees well how do they how can they visualize that how how can they conceptualize that yeah i I call it visualizing the value of a dollar and um, you know our children really need to learn like you said that money or or stuff costs money and a good example of this is our son uh, he was uh, uh, cutting our neighbors uh, next door neighbors grass and their last name happens to be uh, Moorhead. And so we would always ask him, you know, how many Moorheads does that video game cost? <laughs> so how many times do I have to mow that lawn to get that video game? Yeah. Exactly. After taxes. Yeah. Yeah, if he's paying taxes, after taxes. <laughs> so, yeah, actually visualizing the value of a dollar so that they, like you said, they don't uh, feel like money grows on trees. They have to see it does take uh, a lot of effort to uh, to have money to spend. Did that help? <laughs> did your son? Yeah. Did it help learn teach his yes, lesson? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can. You. It, it's not just something you just go and buy stuff because uh, uh, you know it's there. You have to really earn it. 
Yeah, so I've talked to, to many. Matter of fact, uh, talking to somebody yesterday, and they were telling me about how one of their children is definite, will save every penny they have. Another one will not save a bit. Every time they accumulate a little bit of money, they, they find something that they, that they need. Usually want uh, at that age, especially, and they they never save any money. So even at younger ages, teenagers, uh, older, uh, single digits, so they're nine, eight, nine years old. You already can see a trend in how they think and how they react to money. However, whether they get it mowing the lawn or they get it babysitting or wherever they get their money, and you see how they they uh, react to money and how some save already are saving and some are are. Um, they're not necessarily give it away. They're, they're spending it. So there's they have to understand that, um, that there's trade-offs, right? Yeah, I call it training with trade-offs. Oh, and okay. trade-offs are, yeah, tra- trade-offs are simply the training wheels for, for budgeting. You know, So you really want to make sure you're providing your children with those opportunities to make trade-offs with their money. And um, you know, a good example from, from our family was uh, our daughter Susanna when she was 12, she had a dog of her own, and she was responsible for her dog's expenses. And we noticed her making a trade-off when when she said that Lady did not need to go to her grooming appointment. And we thought that was strange, and it turned out the real reason was that Susanna needed more money for her back-to-school clothes. So she was making a trade-off at the dog's expense, unfortunately, but she she had to <laughs> she was responsible for those expenses for the dog, and so she she figured out a way to make a trade-off. Wow. Well, we had a, a great illustration for that. Uh, Dr. Jim Rook in our office, he's our our resident PhD in economics, and's been with me for a lot of years. Uh, now, kind of semi-retired now, but he used to, when we taught the workshops, he used to tell a story about one of his daughters. Who said she wanted to be a school teacher when she uh, finished education, and that she uh, also enjoyed horses. She really loved horses, and of course, mom and dad helped her with the expenses of buying a horse, grooming the horse, and and it's an expensive hobby to do. And she wanted to get into yeah. that in a bigger way. And so Jim sat down with her one night and just said, "Okay, let's just go through this. Let's look at what a typical salary is for a school teacher." Here's your gross salary. And we got the, the rude awakening for what about taxes? How much am I going to take out for federal taxes, for state taxes, for FICA, for Medicare? Uh, how much am I going to, they're going to take out, especially as a school teacher for the retirement plan? Uh, and all these different discussions. Okay. Now, how much, what's a typical rent for somebody like, uh, your, your one bedroom, whatever you're going to have? And he went through all the different expenses that somebody would have when they're first starting out on their own. Ended up being just very little left over. And how are you going to how are you going to buy these horses on that kind of salary? So yeah. he wow. says he yeah. says her reaction was, <laughs> "I think I want to be a doctor." So she was she was going to change from from being a school teacher. I think well, I think I need to be a doctor if I want to do that. Well, she didn't do either one, so I don't think. Uh, but anyway, it was just a, a real awakening for people to say, okay. That that trade off, so or even just the realization of how much money does it take to to live because they don't have a clue uh, before they get yeah, out on their own. Exactly. And and uh, Joel Robinson in my office, our operations guy, was talking about his daughter. I think her, she got her second 
uh, paycheck where they are actually withholding taxes now. <laughs> She's got that rude awakening. It's like, wow, <laughs> why are they taking where this money? Yeah, where's this money going? And then all of a sudden you start to think, okay, I understand why um, you, you want to get involved maybe in politics and say, where's where are these people spending my money? So that's part of the, the trade-off thing is, is understanding what's out there and what it really costs to live, right? Exactly. And, you know, so the more they can learn while they're growing up and making those trade-off decisions, the better it's going to be when they're trying to make a trade-off of, uh, you know, buying something on credit later on versus uh, just maybe being content with what they have. So uh, just giving them opportunities is huge. And I think even talk to them as a parent to say, okay, here's the decisions that we have to make. Uh, We can either go to this nicer um, vacation and spend this much money, or we can take a vacation that doesn't cost as much. Maybe we're going to go to a cabin. We'll do more cooking or, you know, whatever you can do to save money while you're on vacation so that we have money left over to do this other thing that we really want to do as a family. So it helps you realize, well, we can't do everything we want to do, and no one can. I mean, there are certain people that can, but most of us can't. You have to make a decision on, on one thing or another, and that's how we do that. So we're going to be continuing this conversation about how to raise money-smart kids, but as always... If anybody has any questions about or would like to learn more about any of the topics I cover in the program today or any other programs, you can always reach out to your own financial advisor, your CPA, or your tax attorney, somebody that you rely on for counsel like this. Uh, but we believe, however, it's very important to work with an advisor who shares your values and biblical worldview. So if you want more information about that, and and that's I'd be love be love to love to give you that kind of information. Please call me, of course, Mike Miller. Phone number is eight hundred five eight eight plan that's 800-588-7526 or you can send me an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com and that's the same email address you would use to get the piece we're talking about today the process for raising money smart kids or the financial assistance to others it's mike at talkingmoneyradio.com we'll be right back Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or one 800 588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're with us. We call Talking Money the information you need without the sales pitch. So that's a line I like to, to 
quote often so people understand that this is not a sales program. If you're listening by means of a podcast, which I know I have almost every week, somebody tells me they don't listen regularly on Saturday, but they, they pick up the podcast later, then uh, you can always send a question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. We also have a way for you to follow us uh, if you want to go to Facebook and look up and do a search for Talking Money. We'd love for you to, to go on there and like us and follow us, and then you could get postings of the radio show as we post them each week. I think you'll get uh, one of the first-hand dibs at that, so that's uh, a way to do that. So go to Facebook and TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And as we've been talking about the process for raising money smart kids this week and last week, the financial assistance to others, uh, some great stuff that uh, Dan Grover uh, CPA, certified financial planner, and, uh, senior, and senior private wealth advisor in our Charlotte office uh, is helping as we unpack this this uh, very important couple of topics. If you want the uh, some some research papers, some some of our write ups on this, uh, just send a request to Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com and ask for the raising smart kids, smart money kids. And financial assistance, or if you just say both in the subject line, I'll send you both PDFs, and we'll send that right out to you. All right, so Dan Grover calling me from Charlotte, uh, loud and clear. We've talked about uh, how you live by example for your kids, that they need to help uh, kind of visualize a dollar. You talked about that and how you can train with trade-offs. Uh, and I think that's that's important. We haven't talked about allowance at all. As I guess this is one of the ways that they could could get that. As I explained at the top of the show, that uh, when we were first, our kids were younger, and I was just starting plan first uh, before coming Ronald Blue Trust, and there wasn't any money available, so it was it was not a choice. Well, should I give it to them or not? It was either feed them or or not feed them. So yeah. yeah. So sometimes that decision is made for you, but uh, that's one way I guess to at least get your. Uh, some money to the kids, but don't don't just give it to them. Let's use this as a training tool, right? Yeah, and, and training uh, with those trade offs so that they have some responsibility, learn the learn the value of a dollar by earning it, then go through the trade offs. Another area I think is really important. I call it uh, a game changer, and that's the area of giving. Giving is really a game changer because okay. um, your children need to learn um, that you know giving doesn't just affect the people they give to, but it affects them. Oh, absolutely. And it, yeah, because you know it, it really is important to show them that everything we have comes from God, and He really owns it all. And when you get to that point, every spending decision becomes a spiritual decision, and um, you know it really helps you understand that we're not here just to accumulate things, but that you know we're to be good stewards over them. Um, and so that is so important. So you know we started at a young uh, age, you know having them. You know, give a portion of what they earned uh, to charity, and um, continue to talk about the importance of giving as a family. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, when you do that, it really by allocating by by believing that um, you know God owns it all, and that uh, every spending is a spiritual decision. We're really able to allocate our resources, our time, and our you know ability to accomplish. Um, you know God's objectives for our life, so we think that's really important for keeping grounded. Yeah. I call it a game changer. Sure, I think that's one thing that we miss nowadays. I know we're getting to the technology age, and we can give online, mm-hmm. and many churches don't even pass the plate at all, and just say everything's given at the back of the church or it's given online. Uh, but I think it was important uh, for our kids to see not every time the plate was passed, but certainly they they could see you giving. 
And we would even give them some of our money and say, here, you put this. Maybe it was only a dollar. Maybe it was only a quarter when they were younger. But they they felt what it was like to to give something away and put it in the plate. They saw you giving, and not that you're. And we know you're not supposed to give that as a as be giving as a way just to show off. But it, it is a way to teach the kids. This is part of giving. We give some to the church, and now the plate's not even passed, or or people give online. They don't think about, oh, my kid is not seeing me give money to the church. And I better I better have that as part of my education process. Yeah, because. Um it's really important to keep you grounded because, you know, we're, we live in a world that everything is so customized. Even, you know, our phones do everything the way we want them. And so we really, by, by giving, really helps us remember that we need to uh, think of others and we remember the source of everything we have. Yeah, interesting you say your phone does everything that you want us to do. I, I have to give a caveat there. Mine doesn't always do everything I want it to do. <laughs> I, I have to I have to get some That's help. That's need their children to help you <laughs> That's with That's right, it. exactly. And and actually not too much longer, my grandkids, my oldest grandson, he can move he can he can flip through that phone like it's it's uh, like he's twenty. He just goes through that they understand it. So much is intuitive to him, I guess, so they can flip through those things. It's anyway. So yeah, I've got plenty of help around me for sure. So uh, okay, so giving is a game changer. What else should be thinking about? Yeah, the, another huge thing is delayed gratification uh, and the danger of debt. Um, I would say that delayed gratification is really the most predictive factor for how successful our children will be with money as grown-ups. Mm, And, um, you know, they really need to learn that if you don't have – you don't buy stuff until you have the money for it. There's not a lot of that going on in our society. You know, right right now, um, uh, you know, if people have more than a $400 expense, uh, 27% of Americans say that would cause a struggle because they haven't really been able to delay gratification. They've spent everything they had. Yeah. Um, And so um, especially, I think, for, Mike, for um, uh, young adults as they get out, uh, you know, being able to use a credit card and learning how to pay it off each month. And if they can't pay it off each month, they they cut up the credit card uh, because that can be such a danger uh, for them. And so, um, you know, we we just had an example in our family come up uh, just trying to teach this uh, and live it out is, uh, we had our dog again. Um, had to go into the hospital for for two weeks and ran up a huge bill. And um, you know, as a family, we had to decide, you know, do we do we save the dog? <laughs> um, <laughs> what are we going to do about that? And and you know, and so because it was so much money, and we decided to de- to delay our family trip to Italy um, to make sure that we we paid for the dog's uh, care. And ironically, the virus ended up uh, preventing us from going anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah. the the uh, you know that was a, a good example that we just didn't do, just didn't put it on credit or something like that to pay pay for that uh, expense. Yeah. Um, so I I saw it's been some months ago. I always forget who he did this with, but there's a a very impactful skit that Steve Barton does. And he does it with another lady that was on his uh, thing on Saturday Night Live. And they talk, yeah. they're talking to this financial advisor about, have you seen it? Where they're talking yes, about, I have. yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you can go on YouTube and see it. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, hilarious. You mean you have to have the money before you buy something? <laughs> that's, that's so un-American. <laughs> Why do you do that? And he just, and they say it several times. And, and unfortunately, it's really not that unusual for people to think like that i i never really had thought like that but i've run into enough people over the years who thought like that and they just thought wow i'm just going to 
um, charge it and I'll worry about, you know, because I, I deserve it. I, you know, for whatever reason they rationalization they try to give themselves for doing it, they still, they, they just will charge the money and charge the, the expense and not think about what it's going to do to their monthly expenses later and how long it's going to take and, and the stress it's going to put on their lives later because they're trying to figure out how to pay for this stuff. And then some of them probably just go bankrupt or just stop paying it and it ruins their credit. And, and it's, it's, America is, is one of those typical things, I guess. It seems odd. The better your credit is, the better interest rates you get, the better deals you get. Uh, and the worse you are at it, the more, the more you need the cut in interest. But less likely yeah. going to get it because you're a higher risk, and and so well, that, trying, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, you know, but it's a trap. You know, a lot of young people will graduate or uh, get out into the world, and the first thing they do is buy a car they don't have money for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, buy a brand new car, and um, you know, then you know the, the car goes down in value really quickly, but the debt doesn't, and yeah. so it becomes this trap that right away. Um, you know, they're not able to, uh, they feel the, you know, just a, a, a big uh, sucking sound every time they get paid. They have to go to, to, to the car. Yeah. And um, so I want to be careful that they understand that you want to save for things, which really kind of leads into what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, um, after the break. Decide, yeah, okay. I'll hold, I'll hold that thought. <laughs> yeah, hold that thought. <laughs> so yeah, try to get a good place here to, to uh, stop that conversation and go to the others. But, I, you know, that's just... When when you're counseling people and you see people, even when they are thinking about buying, they're, they're shopping for the new car. Uh, let's use that as an example, since you mentioned that, and they're the the salesman's really good at showing them something that's that's pretty nice first, and then going down. When you go down to the one that doesn't have the V6, it's got the V4, or it's got the the four cylinder. It doesn't have heated seats. It doesn't have you know all these other different features and he says oh wow and he says well you can you can get these extra things for it's only you know, 35 dollars more a month or it's only 55 dollars more a month and and not thinking that wow what can i do each month for 55 dollars i mean that can be a couple times that i get pizza for the kids so i don't have to cook that night and relieve the stress of doing i mean there's a lot of things that you can do with that that you don't think about is oh well it's only 55 dollars more a month or 30 dollars more a month and you can extend that to Home mortgages as well. I said, well, I can get this other nicer house, and it's only going to cost me $150 more per month. Yeah, but you're locked into that, and more than likely, it's not going to only be extra cost for the mortgage. It's going to be higher utility bills, higher expenses to 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 actually uh, put stuff in the house and to furnish it, and all those kind of things. So that's a a long time trap. If you don't start early and at the beginning and say, nope, I don't need that particular feature in this car. I can have, I, I need that $30 extra per month. For other things, uh, unless you get to that mindset, it can certainly uh, be a trap. All right, so I'm talking with Dan Grover, the Senior Private Wealth Advisor of Ronald Blue Trust in Charlotte, North Carolina. So one of my uh, colleagues up there, so we're glad to have him with us today talking about how to raise money smart kids. If you want to get a copy of the uh, papers that we're looking at, some of the research papers, and get the full details on it, just send me an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. We can send you the one today for the process for raising money smart kids. And from last week, the financial assistance to others, which was also excellent information that we passed on to you as our listeners. If you want one or both of those, just send an email with a request to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. We'll be right back.
This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust sponsor Talking Money to help educate listeners about financial planning so you have the information needed to help you make more informed and hopefully better decisions. When a Ronald Blue Trust advisor meets with prospective clients, their goal is to determine if any of our services are a good fit for them. They don't sell any products like annuities or life insurance, and as a fiduciary, work to serve your best interest. Perhaps you just need a financial physical from the Everyday Steward Division without any ongoing monitoring, or you're about to retire and need to work with the Private Wealth Division to map out a financial path and then help implement and continuously monitor that plan. Ronald Blue Trust Advisors act like your quarterback, coordinating the advice you receive from your accountant, your state attorney, life insurance agent, and in some instances, even your investment advisor. You can learn more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. We've got about 10 minutes here left in Talking Money. Dan Grover, CPA, Certified Financial Planner and Certified Kingdom Advisor and Certified Wealth Strategist and um, uh, just a man that has a lot of experience counseling folks over the years. Senior Private Wealth Advisor of the Ronald Blue Trust Office in Charlotte, North Carolina is my guest today. And last week, we're talking about raising smart money kids. We want to make sure we get all the last-minute uh, thoughts that you have, Dan, here for today. So we've talked a lot about a lot of things. Live an example and just really visualizing that value of a dollar. Train with trade-offs, you call it, with like training wheels for budgeting. Uh, how giving can be a game-changer because the kids really don't realize how much it's going to affect them, not just the person that gets the money. And that delayed gratification, you call it danger of debt and how we want to make sure we're careful and teach the kids that uh, discharging for it and not being able to pay it off each month uh, may it could be a sign of some other issues and could cause a lot of problems later. So what are the thoughts we have in the last minutes that we have here on Talking Money? Would you like to share with listeners today? Yeah, thanks, Mike. You know, I think the the last piece of the puzzle really is the steady savings achieve long-term goals. Um, you know, we live in a world of, like we said, instant gratification, and so it's so important that whether they're trying to save up for a video game, a car, or for retirement, that they learn that they really need to save um, out of each bit of earnings they get for these long-term goals. And uh, there's a proverb that says, steady plotting brings prosperity, but hasty speculation brings poverty. And so we, we see this idea of just consistently saving towards goals and earning money towards the future. And so we really need to to get away from the idea that we're going to sort of get rich quick or get what we want now and see our money grow really little by little. Um, and um, it's it's uh, amazing that that's so rare these days. Yeah, it but, is. Um, yeah. yeah. I even know of people through the years, uh, I've worked with some business owners who were, uh, they had, uh, there were machine shops and things like this, and it was amazing how many people that worked for them that would work for a few weeks, and and then they would just not show up. Um, because it, you, you, when you have dug deeper, you find out, well, they because they had enough money to last for another week or so, they were fine. And so then when they needed more money, they came back to work. And because it was so hard to find the workers that were qualified to do those particular jobs, they always brought them back. And they let them work for a few weeks. And it's just like there was nothing they can do about it. But these people were in this dangerous cycle of saying, well, I don't need to worry about it. And, of course, then when they get they get uh, to retirement age, 
then they're just going to be living on Social Security primarily, and they're depending on the government for all these these things. And if you don't want to be in that situation, then you want to control your own financial life, then that takes this, what you're talking about, saving money, plotting along, spending less than you make, and doing it for a long period of time. That's a great biblical principle, as you even uh, related here from uh, the book of Proverbs. But I got the answer for you, Dan. I got more money. So if we just had more money then it would take care of our problems, right? No, no, not at all. <laughs> really, Sometimes it's, it's it makes like it teaching worse. someone to, well, it's like, like teaching someone to, to fish. You know, they have to really learn how to make those trade-offs, spend less than they earn, save for the future, and be generous. And, you know, you could start out with zero at any point and be fine, or you could start out with all this money and squander it very quickly if you don't follow those principles. So, um, you know, it's just really key to have them. And that's really what we've been emphasizing for our clients is when they when they're transferring um you know when they think about transferring their 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 valuables or financial assets they really need to think about these principles and character and things like that if you if you just transfer the 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 financial usually uh the, the they can be whittled away really quickly if they don't have these principles um and so we really want to emphasize what can we do to 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 provide opportunity to teach these these principles of of Good, making good choices, being a good steward, um, you know, steady plotting for the future, all those sorts of things. And, um, you know, I would encourage as well when we're talking about steady savings, achieves long-term goals, I would encourage uh, to, to provide incentives uh, for your children. Um, you know, what right now our children are starting to, you know, earn money uh, and, and, and at such a level that we could contribute to a Roth IRA, so we, we would match. If they put money in there, we'll match that. Um, so we really want to begin to help them thinking about how they save uh, steadily for, for retirement and all these big picture goals. Yeah, I, I think that's great, and, and things like that, they can help the kids um, incentivize them. And we, we kind of kid around to say more money is not going to help. Now, to, to a certain extent, it can help. If you've got the right attitude toward money and you handle money correctly, then sure, more money can can be a help, and you can be in a situation where you can do more, you can do more giving, you can do more for your family, and you're not squandering that money. But if if you're counting on more money to make you happy, then that's not that's just not the case. Uh, I've I've had clients, and you have too, I'm sure, Dan, that were not making that much money, and they were perfectly content. They 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 really had financially not a care in the world, and the other had other clients who were making half a million dollars a year and were stressed out totally uh, because they they increased their standard of living, uh, their cost of living and standard of living as they increased their their income, and so they still had probably uh, less disposable income making half a million dollars a year than they did when they were making fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, there was a, a book, Mike. You probably read it as well, called "The Millionaire Next Door." Yes. yes. And you know, these people that look like they're millionaires a lot of times are up, you know, up to their eyeballs in debt. Um, and versus these people you might see at Walmart that uh, just seem very simple, but they've saved a great deal of money, you know, because they've learned that spending less you earn, just uh, being wise with every every dollar, all those sorts of things. It's it's a uh, you know amazing. Yeah, we'll go through, and you've probably done this before. I know listeners probably have. You drive through some of these neighborhoods, and in multiple neighborhoods, where you see all these huge houses and expensive housing. You say, are there really that many people in that live in my area that can afford these kind of places? What's going on? And then I'm always reminded, and I'll try to bring up this commercial that it's been several years since I've seen it, where this uh, man was riding his lawnmower 
Oh, yeah. Right along we're in front, you know. And he was the whole time talking about, help me. He was, had a smile on his face, but please help me. I'm drowning in debt. I have this and I have that. I have that. You know, I've got all this stuff, but I'm drowning in debt. I'm miserable. Come, please help me. And he's driving this tractor around while he's saying that. And I don't even remember what the ad was for, but it made such a great point that you, you see people and sometimes that peer pressure, even from kids, they see other their friends having this out of the other, not realizing that their parents may be going into deep debt to provide everything for their kids that they that they didn't have maybe they, as they were growing up, and they want their own children to have that. And that can be a real danger not to let the kids go through that own process of really realizing the, the value of money. Yeah, usually character comes from uh, maybe not getting something you want as opposed to building care by getting everything you want. Right. Um, and so we really need to be careful that, you know, getting the you know a, a brand new car when they're 16 probably doesn't contribute to them being a successful you know uh, engineer later on or, or dentist or whatever. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, really probably having to earn and work for it uh, somewhat or, or drive an older car for a while really helps them uh, you know much more than than just giving them everything they 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 want. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So a quick reminder for you listeners: if you want to get the article "Raising Money Smart Kids." developing perspective or you want to get the information from last week financial assistance to others you just send a quick email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com mike at talkingmoneyradio.com and just request either one or both of those pieces if you say both we'll send you the pdf for both of them of course we'll have your email address then so we'll know where to send it um and that's also the place especially if you're listening to on a podcast but even if not where we had bill that that Email the question. If you have a question you'd like us to me to answer in future Talking Money broadcasts, you send that question to the same place, Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, or just go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and you, there's a place there where you can ask a question, and, of course, you'll see all the podcasts where you can listen to them on iTunes or wherever you want. And as, as I always say, if you have any questions about or would like to learn more about the topics we've covered today, you can reach out to your own financial advisor, CPA, or, or tax attorney. I believe, however, it's very important you work with an advisor who shares your values and your biblical worldviews. For more information about that, you call me direct. Mike Miller, 800-588-PLAN. That's 800-588-7526. So, Dan... Good to have you with us today. We'll do this again soon sometime. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. All right. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week for the next Talking Money. Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested.